Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How long gone? It's your boy, Chris Black, my final night here in Berlin, and I've actually turned a corner on it, Jason. Hello, hello. Um, this is huge. I, I feel like you've been. Oh, I was writing the episode description for uh, yesterday's pod, and I was like, we didn't even discuss where Chris was. So in the intro, <laughs> where I'm like, Chris is in New York, Jason is in Glendale, whatever. I was, I was just like, Chris is in Europe. <laughs> like I was like, I don't, I don't know where you are because at this point, it's just like you kind of live there. But we haven't talked about it, which is weird. So, like, I don't want this bubble to burst. I understand. No, I understand. I'm ready to go home. I go home tomorrow morning. So you are sort of on record. I've never been to Berlin, but many people have said I will like it there because it is cheap. You can get around on bicycles and drugs and alcohol and uh, bad techno music are abound. That's And that is true, but I've unlocked a new side to the city thanks to some local friends it's called a circuit party and i love it now i <laughs> i met some new I met friends some new friends and they've welcomed me into their they call it their den but today i my our sven who actually was on the show he does that thing called the talks he was on when the when their book came out um like sven schuler uh, Sven schumann yeah and he uh schumann schumann he was like you want to get lunch and he gave me a healthy option and then he was like, I'm also could take you to ch- the China Club, which is in in the same building as the hotel where Michael Jackson dangled the baby over the over the ledge. <laughs> and I was like, I, I like, <laughs> OK, that's the most Chris Black tempting thing. Like, because like if someone's like, do you want to go to this uh, restaurant for lunch? Um, he, it, the food is good. And you're like, eh. <laughs> Michael Jackson dangled a baby off of it and your your you, your mouth starts watering you start sharpening your silverware putting a, a paper napkin but, into your shirt but it's so it's it's called the China Club and it's it, it's the biggest and best collection of Chinese art outside of China the country so it's like this super ornate so we're, damn it's like pho restaurants in Garden Grove exactly the same exactly the same but like just like the most insane ornate dining room there was a, a smoking lounge indoors which is like mm. unheard of in in germany but because it's private um mm. and then the food was delicious like really really good had some dim sum had some aubergine um and it was <laughs> it was a it was a plus but i wanted to talk to you about a dessert i had a rare lunch dessert because sven was <laughs> okay well just tr- just to really quick you are able to finally enjoy the city of Berlin, Germany, because you went to an old Chinese restaurant. Well, it's it's not 
a restaurant, first of all. It's a club. It has multiple okay. restaurants. But I also... Jer- the club. Jeremy, uh, uh, my buddy, set me up at a great hotel called the Chateau Royal, and I went to some other restaurants and saw Yorg. Okay, okay. I, I, so I had it's a, a good, group effort. It's a group effort by well-to-do guys exactly our age, which is mm-hmm. what I need to be around. You know what I mean? It's Sniffy's profile. But this dessert was a mango soup with a scoop of vanilla ice cream floating in it. And it had not tapioca, but something else, like little balls for texture. Was it de boba? It, was, it wasn't It was de boba. It was, okay, so, it was, so it was a chilled mango soup. Obviously, the, uh, the German people known for their mango. So a chilled German soup with vanilla ice cream flota. <laughs> yes. And de boba balls. It was delicious delicious okay. and i was surprised because i was skeptical but he was like you have to get this is the thing you got to get are you paying attention stir crazy this is we're going this is going on the menu so this is i mean i don't want to put on my food hat mm-hmm. because we do have a food ish guest on yeah yeah so I, I was hoping it would stay in the walk-in <laughs> until he came on but i'm have to pull it out you know is this or is this not a gazpacho <sighs> great question I mean, honestly, I can't answer that. <laughs> I can't answer a, a, a food question of that level with, okay, okay. you know, I, I don't have the answer. I just was. That's fine. That's fine. No, that's fine. It was delicious. And I was just so surprised, you know, that, that, that I, because okay. it was, it was a plus and I, you know, I rarely allow myself a, a how, how thick was the soup? And then we're going to move on. Not super thick. It was honestly the perfect consistency. For all of the weird elements going on, it 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 the consistency was a plus. What could you describe or give me an example of what the consistency was similar to, other than it was perfect? Mm. Mm. Mocha oil, like melted ice cream, almost. You know what I mean? Like a little thinner oh, yes. than that, yeah. but like you know, kind of mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, I mean, look, yeah. I just I love having my eyes open. What about the um? What about the gym vibe? Gym vibe. So the hotel has a relationship with a like the equinox of berlin i guess and it's got a pool full every machine you could want full of ugly people with bad tattoos it's it's perfect what is is it does it is it called equinox or does it have a different german name it's called hold on i'm gonna look it up because i i cannot remember the name of it it's, it's okay well i was just, i was hoping that was going to be a funny name but I home just... home's place actually which like sherlock but it's not that's not funny it's just weird hmm, okay yeah that sounds like the address of where our guest lives probably <laughs> i live on 45 oh. home's place <laughs> home's muse yeah i live right down there yeah <laughs> the flats right around the corner um, there. yeah well well speaking of where i live let's talk about your girl chloe sevonier waxing poetically about why, yeah, why she yeah. hates los I mean, angeles and a lot of people tag me and they're like bro this is your girl yeah she's clowning you blah yeah. blah blah i'm like not we all know like this is only making my penis harder obviously yeah first of all she's right first of all she's right when is she wrong <laughs> and secondly you know this is me if los angeles was a cuck chair i'm sitting down and i'm i'm listening and i'm learning b rate my hometown it's only going to get me harder 
Call the cops. I'll fuck them too. Those are all. <laughs> this is all. These are all things I've said before about L.A. and and we own a home there. But I, I like it. <laughs> but it's all of the stuff she said is true. And New York is superior. And I think most people would agree with that unless they. But she she know. didn't say New York is superior though. She obviously maybe alluded yeah, but that's, to something like that. That's the undertone. That's the undertone. As a lifelong, as as a as the eternal New York it girl, mm-hmm. it's tough. But sure. between this. Between the between the dog hating and now this, it's getting crazy. She it's too good. Like where why hasn't she been talking for the last twenty years like this? Well, because she hasn't had a TV show or film come out that was this bad and in need of promotion. So I guess she's really Is it that is it that bad? Eh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how well it's performing or being rated. I think everyone Nobody wants to come out and say that the show is boring and it sucks because of. You I think know. I think people have said that actually. I just didn't know if it was true. Or right, not. right, right. I mean, that's that's what DJ Them Jeans is saying. Um, I don't have a letterbox. Yeah, I don't really trust. I don't really trust you. I don't that's really trust false. you when it comes to television, though. You know, you trust me. You no, no. and it's not. This is film and television. You okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to limit. I don't want to limit your scope. I apologize. Um, <laughs> I, I, just, I just. I have a lot. I'm multidisciplinary <laughs> in my screen time. There's things right, I trust. There's a lot of things I trust you on, and you are a, a great source of information, inspiration in the food space, the electronic mm. music space, the ambient music space, uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. dangerous driving space. I could go on. But when it comes to film and television. This this Yellowstone watcher has other words. I mean, Yellowstone's better than any other show. So yeah, I do have other words. I mean, I can't. It's also you know Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah. Yellowstone. You're you're like the same kind of person who's like Taco Bell's better. Taco Bell's still better. I it tastes bomb. I would never. And it's like with if, with your pea brain, then maybe I could see how you like that. You know what I mean? I would well, I would normally agree with you, and I do have a pea brain, but I I think that the numbers, <laughs> you know, the the numbers speak for themselves to an extent. I'm not out on a limb here saying that Yellowstone's a great television oh, show. Oh, we're, we're not we're not discussing dick length. I'm talking girth. Does it please you? Don't bring. Do not bring Drake up. Do not do that. The, uh, <laughs> do not do that. Do not. Well, you're do not using bring you're using a classic Chris Black excuse, <laughs> which is judging a, a piece of art on its sales versus yes, its merit yes. and and artistic yeah. endeavors. No, no, which no, no, by I, that I, logic. The worst, dumbest things in the world are the best, just because they sell them. Yeah, the stuff. Yeah, the stuff you like: Dua Lipa, Ariana Grande. That that you. All right. You have so no argument so ne- the next time you do your little <laughs> bitch ass fucking strategist GQ <laughs> shit, then people are gonna be like, I don't know where to find a curious pair of trousers in Stockholm. You're gonna be like, go on Amazon. Amazon sells the most clothes ever. No, no, they have, no. That's check that's, the check the numbers, bro. Bezos is is swag. He's killing it. They are the best place to buy clothes. We all know that Amazon fashion failed and maybe you don't know that and that's why i'm i'm informing you now but no i i think amazon that, i buy clothes on amazon not amazon brand i, I know you that you buy your wife beaters and socks on amazon but i think that <laughs> yeah. it's it, it's for some people it's a destination for other things you know i i don't know i've never really looked at the clothing beyond the kind of garments that we're talking about you know but i'm sure they you have can some get some offerings. entry-level car hearts over there yeah you can definitely get some car hearts yeah you can imagine a little something for the uncle in your family i, I love i love the idea so good i love the idea of a blue collar worker hitting amazon to order his car hearts versus going to the local workwear store mom do you have prime <laughs> i need these hey, mom, cards I know tomorrow I haven't called in a while i know i haven't called in a while but can i use your amazon prime to order these pants I, it's i broke my other ones um 
what else was I going to say? There was a... Or what time is it? Oh, I guess we almost have our guest here. Maybe we, I can yeah, talk... Yeah, we got a guest. I could talk to to Ed about this as well. Somebody sent me this yesterday on, on Eater LA. Somebody wrote an article. The title, or the headline, as people call it. The hottest new accessory in LA restaurants. Your takeout containers from home. People bring their own bags to grocery stores and metal water bottles everywhere. Oh. So why not apply that line of thinking to dining out? Oh, God. Woo. This is a nightmare. Bro, in, unless... Uh, this is a nightmare. <laughs> unless this is an all-you-can-eat buffet or something where you plan to steal. I, I, I can't. I can't with that. All right, let's... All right, look, Ed... Our guest is uh, Ed Cumming. He's a... Uh, <laughs> writer and editor from beautiful london um he he works at the telegraph but he also writes for one of my favorite independent magazines called the fence mm. um that is so british i can barely understand it but i really like to support them okay um so let's uh let's uh let's give uh let's let's give ed a jingle fantastic how long gone is brought to you by our dear friends at better help jason better help you know, the summer travel season is coming up. Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent. So for maybe the first half of our sweet sessions, we were spent off, obviously off clock going through, you know, hotels, ferries, <laughs> car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me, and uh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists. You get one that you really like. You guys are gossiping. You guys are chit chatting. You guys are talking about your personal interests. Next thing you know, it's time to actually do the work. So it feels good building those uh, mental health relationships with people you actually like. And on BetterHelp, there are. So many different therapists to choose from. I don't like anyone. If you're thinking of starting <laughs> therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash howlong. Nice. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh. And internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step <laughs> to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long? All one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> Dot com promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com promo code how long. We were talking right before you came on about a new 
dining trend that Jason was alerted to, thanks to the good people at Grub Street. No, it was on Eater. Where the cup Eater. Oh, Eater. I'm sorry. I get I, I get these important outlets confused. The the um the, <laughs> oh, the dick. I guess what's happening in Los Angeles is uh the cucked community are bringing their own takeout containers to restaurants jason is that <laughs> yeah, they're, they're showing up to la restaurants with their takeout containers already from home so you know their tupperware whatever it might be reusable plastic containers <laughs> i think it's um i think it's sort of like we're going to take this food to go regardless so i i think i've seen it before where people have like anxiety for when the meal is done and it's usually with with some type of mom person around, mm. metaphorically, spiritually, or literally, take that however. Yeah, I'm, I'm but when it's time, <laughs> when it's time to get the check, and would you like any of this to go? It like this anxiety kicks in, and you have this control thing, and everyone has to show how they are the best at packing all the stuff together and making it all. And you know, it's like I'm proud of myself for doing this. So I think it's kind of like I'm showing up to the to the putt putt golf with my own putter kind of thing or like you know i'm i'm i know what i'm doing kind of thing and that is all behind a shroud of environmentalism yeah yeah i think it's strictly performative environmentalism which luckily you guys don't really participate in over the pond <laughs> no this is a i mean i'm interested to hear about this because the whole take take out phenomenon the idea of um having so much food uh, that you need some kind of receptacle from home, like a rucksack <laughs> or an enormous <laughs> pot to take it home because the restaurant has given you 15,000 calories uh, for your entree. <laughs> this is a kind of uniquely American phenomenon. One that has this is a good point. Okay, okay, <laughs> That's okay. A <laughs> Unfortunately, okay. <laughs> he's he's right, and I I don't look. I love I love our large portions, and bigger is better. Um, just ask Drake. But I think that the I think that the shade that you're throwing is fair, but it's not like you guys are eating healthy or or are the portions that much smaller. Let's be honest. Yeah, you guys are you guys are fat, just as fat as we are. <laughs> yeah, but we're fat with through the accumulation of smaller portions. Okay, so okay, so you're just ordering several <laughs> several portions <laughs> and spreading it out, and okay. we're getting it all on one plate of slop, is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, so we're we're eating one big biscuit, and you're having fourteen of them, is what I, you're saying. Yeah, you're having like a Philly cheesesteak uh, covered in you know fries or whatever, but we invented high tea, which is a completely unnecessary meal in the middle of the afternoon where you have a cake uh, for no good reason, where old women have cakes covered in jam and cream in a kind of hotel mm -hmm. foyer, and that's seen as a kind of national uh, national sport, right? So that's probably that's maybe where some of the extra you know come Ed I, I just went recently yeah. went on record as a tea hater and I'm receiving some blowback for that shout out to our PG tips hive but I <laughs> I have never had high tea and I've always wanted to do it at Claire Ridges because it seems like a rite of passage for any American teenage girl who's visiting London and mm -hmm. but it but the prices are unbelievable I love eating these sweets I can have all of them mother <laughs> these the, the the prices I mean it's like 200 bucks to have the high tea if is is it not it ain't low tea yeah but that, I mean, you guys, you guys bring that home like an hour, right? I mean, yeah, look, kind of, it's uh, median American salary. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nothing about this. Isn't a judgment <laughs> on my it. income or or American income. This is strictly <laughs> how many cakes can one person eat for two hundred quid? That's the que <laughs> that's the question. <laughs>
I I always assumed, yeah, that the pricing of the those high teas uh, was merely was to make um, wealthier tourists feel at home, like a kind of methadone spending for Americans. <laughs> like when they yeah. arrive, it's like, okay, well, how can we possibly spend a sensible amount on a meal? And you go to Claridge's and have a small cake, and it's like, ah, okay, this is a kind of you know, this is like a standard outlay. You've not done it right, yet. Right, right. Standard outlay. We'll, we'll take you next time you're in town. I would, I would love what is, but I want to know what the, what's the of a normal spread like this at any of these kind of the hotels. What is the kind of star cake in your opinion? What is the number one? Well, I'll, also, Chris, don't sleep on savory. I love a crisp, oh, I w- crustless cucumber sandwich. I don't love those, um, but I do know it's part of the. It's part of the display. It's on offer. Yeah, I, Jason's right. That's the high, highlight. I would say that's the uh, oh, okay. yeah, the little the little sandwich without a crust. That's a, that's a pleasure. Okay, <laughs> okay, mm, a little triangle. But but I, I could make those at home for one pound. No, you know? don't do that. You could, what you peel the cucumber at home? I think you have more self respect than that. <laughs> no no no. I like I part of my twenty twenty four. Res- resolution is is to make everything myself okay well, aside from growing my own produce and raising my own vegetables and eggs and things like that but like if i want to make a sandwich bake the bread you know what i mean <laughs> so you're gonna do like a kind of in- english fetish core high tea at home you're gonna jason invite people around. i didn't know you were doing this what are you a uh-huh. back to the land did you like what is is it the 1800s like are you making your own butter what what do you think this what do you think this is going to do for you uh i've i've been i've been making my own orange juice which is not that hard but it's a pain in the ass okay i could do that that come on <laughs> no anyone can do it i mean i make i make my broths i'm i'm just you know whatever whenever it's it's like a good habit and i think it's like a healthy connection to what you're putting in your body for me to just like if it is you know, relatively feasible and possible and not ridiculous for me to just make everything myself. And you have a better connection to it. It's healthier for you. You know exactly what's going in and what's not going in. It's satisfying. You could put it on Instagram stories. The list goes on. Is, is this like a Noma thing? Have you been Noma pilled? Um, it does feel like it does feel like of, that. It does feel taste like taste of your heritage. No. <laughs> Noma's not the only restaurant that makes their food own food. No, but they talk about it a lot. It makes absolutely everything. Yeah, they they do make their own every well, not everything. Uh, when I went and had the bread and butter, I was like, "Oh man, tell me about this bread and butter." And they're like, "Oh, we bought it." <laughs> I was like, "We have what, you make your own butter though, right?" And they're like, "Well, we have a lovely butter person in town that we get it from." I was like, "All right." <laughs> and then, well, I, I wrote a I wrote a review of Noma, and and one of the big kickers was that my favorite thing that I ate there was the bread and butter and that was the one thing that they didn't make there i know it was great but they, they were kind of sad about that um you know nobody reached out from noma it wasn't that bad <laughs> so i don't know well i think that bread and butter is a good example of something that i feel like people spend their lives perfecting and i would trust a a lifelong baker before a noma intern is that <laughs> not fair that's a good point that's a very good like point. I, I just feel like it's such a hard thing to master but i feel like in order to become I feel like in order to become a Noma intern or mm, a, you got it, yeah, a stagiaire true. or whatever, you're already the best baker in your tiny village and you know. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wollamaloo. No, no, that's true. Yeah, you're the best baker in in rural Denmark, which is you know, it's <laughs> it's probably competitive, honestly. Like they ain't got much going on yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you work up through the mm-hmm. like minor leagues, make it to the majors, yeah. then finally go international. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's exactly how it looks. I well Jason Being called this, up to the big show. Jason, <laughs> since we're reuniting IRL soon, I expect to have I want to have a, one of these meals where everything 
is from the cold dead hands of them jeans. I got you, bro. <laughs> okay. You're not gonna like it, but I got you. <laughs> I'm not gonna like it. That's for sure. Well, but speaking of um, of tea, and I, and we can move on from there. We when we were talking about tea, and Chris was on his tea hating rampage. Or and then also people reach out to me and they're like, "Why the fuck are you drinking PG tips? You know, you're better than that." Blah blah blah. So you, as a food expert, smart, tidy writer, and British person, <laughs> I want you to prescribe a tea brand to Chris and to I based on our personality traits. Uh, right. Uh, well, hang on, wait, Chris. <laughs> don't don't say right as if that's a normal question. <laughs> Uh, you Very good then. Very good then. Trying to think of something that's just the right amount of shade. <laughs> Don't worry, I edit the pod, so take your time. <laughs> What's? I mean, well, hang on, Chris. Do you uh, seek stimulants in this field, or is your like drink? Ed, Ed, I I love stimulants, and luckily, <laughs> since I can't do any of the good ones i'm i'm left with only water water based beverages to to deliver the hit that i need right okay so you just want some yeah you just want some kind of builder builder rocket fuel yes you know where you leave the bag in for like 40 minutes okay. like nine nine sugars in it 40 kind of uh lukewarm red bull okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. when you say a builder tea what does that mean exactly for our, our american ears that might not know so a builder tea is uh is a classic british middle class uh dilemma oh, i'm out i'm out i'm out where you have to <laughs> where like a tradesman so, will so, arrive. so is is builder is builders literal it's not not in a. It's not not derogatory in this. No, case. no, no, no. It's like your classic. It's like a non fancy tea. It's like a tea. It's in a mug mm -hmm. rather than a fancy cup. It's like the opposite. Even of a poor situation. shit builder would drink this. Is what it's you're saying? It's more like okay. it's robust. It often has sugar in okay. it. It's uh, mm -hmm. you know full fat milk. It's good. It's the it's the real stuff. It's uh, yeah okay. Strong. I do product. like that you're prescribing okay. me something that's kind of you know uh working class um because i i yeah you know i do just <laughs> it's like not a, a pansy ass tea yeah yeah i'm not I, but i do like you know just a cup of joe so this feels along the same lines in the tea realm in the tea space okay yeah it's, um, what what is the most what is the most broiest badass build a tea brand out right now oh my god <laughs> 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 this is uh it's a finer points of gradation i could not uh you know people i mean my wife is like a huge tea head is like a kind of i mean i i i prefer coffee but she's yeah you're a real man you're a real man ed i like that about you she's a kind of six six plus cups a day oh wow and she has yorkshire tea okay so a lot of people would swear by that i say okay there's a whole this is uh this is going to make people unsubscribe rapidly but there is a whole school of like <laughs> what whether you need certain teas for certain waters like in oh. london the water is very very hard uh very like minerally so you need kind of more robust tea okay Interesting. But, uh, you don't need to get into that no I and then hang on wait jason what do you <laughs> what do you do you drink tea um only if i have to no no, no I've, <laughs> I, I've been drinking tea I, I i got a big thing of pg tips just because uh, i am a coffee drinker as well but sometimes i can have a second or a third cup later in the afternoon if i'm need to get some work done and i just don't like how much that gets me fucking kind of spracked out so i started drinking some like plain black tea builder tea in many ways yeah you should get on the builder later tea. in the afternoon 
You'd enjoy okay. it. It's good. It's not as much of a commitment as a coffee. I think that's what's nice. What, what do you? What the fuck do you mean by? Yeah. Okay. So today, I, I, I was like, I'm desperate for an iced coffee. I'm in Berlin, and I was like, I'm desperate. So I go to like the the a place called the Barn, which was quite good. And like the three guys behind the counter were all dorks, like coffee guys, and they were like, Oh yeah, we, we can do an iced pour over. <laughs> okay. And mm. I, I was like, All right, cool, sure. And it. It gave me the caffeine jolt I was looking for, but I I don't understand that I you're pouring hot water into coffee which goes into ice. Am I wrong in that estimation? Is that what's happening? Uh, I guess. <laughs> yes, that is what's happening. Okay, that's. But uh, the only reason why they're doing is that is, is that is because they don't have pre-made cold brew. Yes. Because there's no demand for it there, so yes, this is unfortunately the most efficient way for you to get. But that's interesting. That's just interesting for. to me because the 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 pour over is the best cup of coffee normally, you know, because of the way it's done. Where yeah. this this just felt like it was fine and it tasted good, but I was just surprised. I've seen it before, but I, I don't know. I'd never thought about the method. Mm -hmm. You wanted it iced? You made your bed, you're going to lay in it, bitch. <laughs> That's true. That's so, true. This um, fucking American. Moving on from tea, let's get into <laughs> biscuits. How, how important are biscuits in, in your culture over there? Biscuits? Uh, I had this insane day the other day. My job requires me to do uh, a wide range of things, uh, often mm -hmm. in quite a short space of time. Welcome to the club, honey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yesterday I found myself going. I have through. to sell McNugget buddies, or they hit me. Oh yeah, those guys. Are they still going? They fly off. The oh, good, good luck getting your hands on one, chief. The how long gone effect put those guys all over Grailed for prices that I don't think you could afford on your salary. But something to think oh, about. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe take a second mortgage on the flat, and you can afford the <laughs> full set. That's probably true. I find your um your the ads uh so entertaining. They um. You know, there's this old saying in like newspapers that uh, you read the ads for the good news and the newspaper for the bad news. Oh, Have you heard that? No, I haven't heard that, but yeah. I, I like it. So it's like, uh, you know, there's there's murder and an earthquake and whatever, but look at um, everyone's buying mm -hmm. Cartier. <laughs> That's like, yes, yes, yes. Or yes, an espresso yes. machine or something. But I feel like uh, with the ads, it's with you guys. It's like the good news is in the is in the in the pod, and then the ads. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I need mental health help. I'm, uh, ordering McDonald's. I'm, uh, I'm hungover. I need some kind of restorative green mm -hmm. juice. I uh, interesting. Oh, right, okay. I kind of end up thinking long and hard That's about good. myself. That's good. Well, uh, you're welcome, or you're sorry. Yeah, yeah, you, you choose. <laughs> or, or I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm ordering. I, I don't know. It's like maybe if I ordered less McDonald's to be delivered, I wouldn't need the online mental health support. Well, slow down, slow down, slow down. Let's not. <laughs> when's the last time? When's the last time you ordered McDonald's? Uh, I've done that exactly once to like just to prove that I could. But I kind of I've always felt like walking to. McDonald's. So it's like a power move. <laughs> Well, it's like they built something. <laughs> you should try it. You know, they've gone to the trouble mm -hmm. of making this incredible situation. It was something obviously that one dreamed of as a child, mm -hmm. and it finally it was here as an adult. What is the? But what is the British version of that? Is it? Is it just the the like kebab shop? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the kebab. Okay, okay. I I think that it's obviously that's different because it's independent and you're supporting minorities which is cool yeah um whereas mcdonald's is you know i feel like a late night kebab is one of the great things that sobriety will spare you another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Career World is a new cookbook written by Dookie Hong and friend of the show, Matt Rodbard. The New York Times best-selling authors of the book Koreatown. Korea World is a vibrant exploration of the evolution of Korean cuisine, both in Korea and in Korea towns across the United States, with more than 75 bold, flavor-packed recipes and stunning photography. The authors take an inside look at the exciting evolution of Korean food through stories of chefs, home cooks, as well as recipes that are shaping modern Korean cuisine. The book begins in Seoul, where the barbecue scene is pushing into new territory and where the city's third wave coffee culture is exploding. The tour continues with late night food adventures in Los Angeles, my hometown, and stops into the kitchens of innovative chefs from New York City to Portland who are putting modern spins on Korean classics. Recipes include giant short ribs, whole fried smash rockfish, and pineapple kimchi fried rice. I'm sad I didn't get to name the foods and you did. <laughs> Korea World is essential reading for anyone curious about the future of food. Available wherever books are sold. Because they aren't good? <laughs> They're like inc- the best thing you'll put in your mouth ever, uh, you know, if you've had eight pints. But you can, you, can never, you can never eat that for lunch. You have to sort of be drunk to eat it. <laughs> yeah, you can eat it for lunch if you don't have to work in the afternoon, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it puts you down. It'll take you out a little bit. It'll take you out yeah. a little bit. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, you got to have something. You got to have something. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of Americans eating a large <laughs> amount of calories, I was, I was listening to something that you wrote, um, and you, you mentioned something that I wanted you to expand on. Mm. Uh, you said the phrase, American-style long reads. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So th- maybe implying that Americans read lo- longer things than other people. And I, wa- I wanted a little bit more clarity on that, please. Because I don't know if, compared, especially compared to your people, <laughs> if we're necessarily known for our reading. Yeah, there's that's like, this is in magazine journalism especially, I suppose. But there's... Um, <laughs> there's you know that like new yorker school of you know magazine journalism which is like they the guy goes and spends six months mm-hmm. uh talking to the thing and it's so reported and there's all these there's all these bits in it where also it, check it out patrick radden keith's newest story <laughs> on a on a british uh, kid of, who of fell of off of the show friend of the friend show of the show patrick radden keith i was speaking to him this morning actually about something else he sends his he sends his great love. story we don't we did not deserve to have him on the podcast <laughs> once i once i did more research on him i didn't know who he was when we had him on and now that i follow him and i've seen him work i've seen his work i'm like how the fuck did he do how long gone? That's crazy. He was delighted to do it. He said he he was I was like I mentioned I was coming on and he said uh it was great because he'd spent um all this time on tour, you know, doing serious book tours and being asked um serious deep questions about his work. Mm-hmm. And then and then he was like, and it was just so refreshing. Yeah, we don't even know what the IRA is. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a delight. Uh I'm sorry. Yeah. Continue though. What is the what sorry. is the Oh yeah, so well he's a perfect example, right? So that piece was amazing, um, about uh, you know, London, about the the, the kid who died in London. And he Yeah, yeah. And so that's a great example. He spent five months. He had incredible access. He went to everyone. He got quotes from absolutely everyone. Um, there's this passage in it I do find really funny that these New Yorker pieces, uh, they often have this, you can kind of see the moment where they say, 
and London was founded in uh, you know 800 BC by ancient Rome, and then like draws this big line that speaks to the rest of the piece. But I think mm-hmm. you know in magazine journalism anyway, that's the kind of acme of the form, right? And in in Britain, there's this culture of like kind of imitative, uh, less good versions of long reads. Mm. You know, I guess it, it's it stems from the the difference between British and American journalism generally, right? Where you know, in a, if you're an American journalist, you're a kind of Jedi Knight, <laughs> and you're you know, it's very serious. It's like capital J. It's all very like, ah. mm-hmm. um, and then everyone takes it very uh, like a kind of calling. Whereas I think the difference is the word hack. Mm-hmm. Okay, like I've told I've told other Americans, they're like, "What do you do?" And I'm like, "I'm a hack." Kind of proudly, and they're like, "Oh, don't why why would that say that about mm, yourself? I'm sure, mm, it's, I'm mm. sure it's good your work." I'm like, "No, no, it's fine." I think you know the British school is much more like uh, go and rummage in this guy's bins this morning, and then we'll all go to the pub. Okay, <laughs> I mean, look, that sounds better. I, I don't know if I, and so, <laughs> so so when you said an American style long read, that was not a derogatory term. That is maybe out of jealousy. Yeah, that was self deprecating. Like I, you try okay. and do all of this stuff, and then the only thing that people, um, you know, people are just interested in something something dumb you wrote where you said I got a free meal in a restaurant. Yeah, who's the um, who's the opinion <laughs> like, writer guy who always has his like it's like a kind of a bald white guy, and it's always just like a story like. Why I think the park is stupid or something like that. Like, that's what you people want to read, right? Yeah. Adrian Charles, are you thinking of? Maybe, I, don't think, I think so. He, he kind of always has a grumpy look on and he has, he's always doing an opinion piece about something that is really f- enjoyable to me. <laughs> he's a genius, I think, that guy. He's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's perfected the form of the stupid little thing that everyone wants to read i know i'm, je- I'm jealous yeah just like why i th- why i hate music yeah no. or, you know something like that or like what we need to stop there's a there's one in um there's also uh, someone like that at financial times that gets destroyed all the time and he does like a weekly kind of s- similar kind of thing but not quite as clever yeah and there's this other guy who does that at the strategist uh chris black yeah i've, I've heard of him <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the attempt to write something every week uh, that is like, you know, uh, a part of what is going on is tough because like I wanted this week, I you know, I wrote about Apple goggles, but I wanted to write about the Chloe Sevigny dog thing, but then I was afraid of dog owners and if they would come for me. And I think that our British friend isn't afraid, Jason. That's the thing. I'm I'm trying to build up okay. to that. I'm very uh, well, Adrian Charles, yeah, he's he's not afraid. But I mean, you go after the dog guys your peril right have you done that yet um i know uh on monday wednesday and friday every week on how long right. yeah 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 not in print so it doesn't count <laughs> no yeah the dog people need to get knocked down a peg every once in a while myself included i just think you could cap them the amount of dogs yeah it could be like a <laughs> raffle or whatever you could be like imagine how excited you'd be if you just saw like if there was like i don't know how many dogs there are but if there were if there was like one in ten considerably dogs. less dogs it would be you're right <laughs> kind of like how they do in china where they kind of control yeah, yeah. how many children you can have interesting interesting theory Ed. I'll, I'll look into it <laughs> huh i thought you leaned left but i guess not <laughs> <laughs> authoritarian dog left yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i um i have to i was go. i was wondering as well how um does does do people normally get 24 hour notice for this or was it like oh no no oh, <laughs> no, no you're a, you're a special case because i was because of many things 
we had a couple slots open right. and <laughs> I I called you to fill said slot. Does that make you feel no, that slighted? Is, that is fantastic. I was just wondering what the like, I just working, I mean, obviously, you know, the call, the horn of Gondor blows, I'm coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, uh, <laughs> you don't know how podcasting works. I mean, your wife does it, but you know, still, maybe <laughs> you don't get this it, is normal, right? I have no, well, I was just wondering because it was like, I don't know. Have there been like another strike, and like every creative in America had some suddenly like no, no. Rules? We we would appeal. To- or this is, <laughs> is this your like? T- is this is this like Chris's terminal anglophilia reaching like a new height? Critical, no, no, critical moment. No, I. And, you know, he like will he- not book anyone unless they are British. It is starting to become a nuisance. Um, no, it's 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 an it's an answer that as dip, especially based on where you live, it's the answer is going to probably anger you which is and and you won't believe it but los angeles in the last week (laughs) has gone through an immense rain shower that has truly had multiple guests have to cancel because of issues around the weather because their home because their laurel canyon you know crumbling mansion has been taken over by God's piss, <laughs> and there's nothing they can do. But there, there's been power outages, Wi-Fi outages, roofs collapsing, floors <laughs> leaking. So it's really hurt the LA podcasting community. Without without our Wi-Fi, we are nothing. We had to, so we had to cross. The, it's the, the only okay. safe place to be. That's why I'm in Berlin. The only safe place to be is Europe. You know, to, to get it. So, so I had to, yeah. I knew if I contacted I've got you, my MacBook Pro running on a generator right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's Jason, not a pretty <laughs> Jason's in a tent indoors. Right. Uh, but I knew, I knew that, that in the UK, it's the usual, you know, concrete sky gloom and doom of the winter. And, uh, you know, I know you guys stopped working at 4 p.m. So I thought this was perfect. I thought it was perfect. Yeah, I know. It's fun. I mean, obviously, it's fantastic for me. I just, and I'm glad that I've been the beneficiary of a flood. Like, um, yeah, like those animal, those animals in the ark or whatever. It's a very yeah, big yeah. one for you. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. But that's a that's a fair question. And and no, you know, I pride myself on kind of keeping this calendar tidy and and quite far out. Um, but sometimes, sometimes you know, factors that that are beyond my control intervene, and it's it you know, it benefits others. I uh, I told a friend I was coming on. I don't know if he's a friend of the show yet, but uh, Conrad K, who writes industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, I think this is an Anglophile cry for help. No, he's like, no. he's like, Laura Snapes and Raven <laughs> Smith is one thing. But, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, look, we do. W- <laughs> this is a, if, if we've contacted you, then things are dire, <laughs> is, a, is what you're saying. This is something has gone wrong. And an apocalyptic flood in California does explain it. We do pretty well with, with British people and gay people. Right. So that you, you fall into one, at least one of those categories. Yeah, at least one. And Sporty Spice had to push. So here we are. And Raven, Raven Smith was having his driving test yesterday. So I guess he was, uh, I know. He was otherwise engaged. I know. He. I texted him about it, actually, because I was like, it, it's impressive that he, it's manual. It is. Uh, which he's I, a stick man. He's just, he's not yeah. knowing how to drive is so on, on brand for Raven. I, I just No, not it. knowing how to drive is pretty cool, honestly. Like, I, I can't imagine it because it's a, I've, I need it. But when people can't drive or they're like, oh, yeah, I don't do that. Many I British do folks, depending on where you live, they can't be arsed. There's no real reason to, you, right? You got, a, you got a car, Ed? No, we got rid of it. We had our... Um, the catalytic converter got stolen by these guys oh, just came in the night and chopped it really? off. So we just didn't replace it. And we haven't missed it. It's it's uh, heaven. Really? Okay, so because you <laughs> yeah. have kids, so you needed a car. A couple of to- top boys stole my catalytic converter, <laughs> and it's been heaven ever since. 
<laughs> it was good, man. It was like a it was a weight off my shoulders. You just it's the decisions taken out of your hands. You like yeah, okay, yeah. well I'm no longer a driving person. That's fine. The universe spoke to you. Yeah. <laughs> Cars are a pain in the ass. I mean, it's it's nothing but a money pit and annoyances. I just I found it insane on that that trip when um when we bumped into each other, Chris. That was so the start of that trip was in Houston. Yes. Which I'd never been to before. And I could not believe what a delight the the uh, scale of that, you know, where it's like I just want to I would, you know, Google where can I get a coffee, and it'd be like, oh yeah, there's this cute little neighborhood place. It's only eight miles away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, sure, sure, sure. Um, that... And you call an Uber, and this kind of like you know thing that was used to invade Iraq turns up. And you're like, <laughs> okay, well, I guess we'll use this to get. <laughs> Yeah, latte. That's I fine. Guess, uh, guess we could do this. No, that's <laughs> so I, you I, I, off in that. I love the idea. I love the idea of you in Texas. You were writing a story, right? No, no, no one's ever trundled anywhere in Houston. <laughs> just for the record. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, they, what, what, what do they do? I, I was, um, I was there. Uh, I was on the trail of uh, of a man who actually, mercifully, I probably won't have to explain to you guys who he is. But I've had to. I've spent most of the past two months telling English people who he is. Morgan Wallen. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now I'm now I'm remembering. He's one so of our you... most famous racists. <laughs> I went to the Morgan Wallen show in Houston. Was oh, I bet that was a fucking motion picture. That was a, it. Was a good scene. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, I we you know we we like hung out a bit. He, uh, I met some of the other other guys. I met a lot of people who'd never met an English person. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. So <laughs> a lot of people wearing you know wearing the full gear. It's quite a it's quite a scene over there. You sure do talk funny. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. How how long did it take you to stop calling him Morgan? <laughs> wait, wait, hang on. What am I doing it wrong? No, you're doing it right. Well, no, you're you're saying it correctly, but like Americans, like that's Morgan. Morgan. But I I want you to say Morgan as if it's Morgan. 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 Don't don't bring me the 2017 Morgan. It's oh, right. <laughs> it's it's turned. <laughs> yeah, it was a very young Morgan. How did you find? How did you find him in general? Is he a pro? or is he is he pretty loose with it yeah man he was he was on he was on yeah you know yeah, he was yeah, yeah. tight it's like this this guy he had them in the palm of his hand everyone knew every syllable you know everyone was mm-hmm. everyone was there and then i saw him in london uh like a month later and and it was the same deal and it was an interesting comparison because because actually there was there was some parallels in the crowd and that i think you know in london he sold out the o2 there was very little overlap with like a national gig <laughs> sure you know it sure. was like scots sure. it was guys from wales it was guys from essex oh. um and they were all and they were they were loving it and i don't know whether that's like whether that tracks and kind of people who feel a bit left out of like a lot of the mainstream mm. you know, music discourse but they just love it i mean the difference in america is that all the morgan wallen fans are, are absolutely loaded <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean that's the, that's the country music thing that's that's true it's like a lot of those people are are rich you know that's like when jason and i went to see uh joe rogan everybody every you know it's like guys who build houses you know or have like a contracting company and they got money and they want to put it in morgan's pocket yeah and it's a great show you know he's got big songs they you know everyone everyone loves him he delivers he delivers the thing and then they move on with their lives. Did he turn you into a fan? That's what I was going to ask. Uh, yeah, I kind of like. I definitely think. I definitely think that there's a there's a feeling in Britain, or at least the kind of a certain the like music intellectual class in the UK mm-hmm. doesn't engage nearly seriously enough with country. Mm-hmm. We talked to Snape's about that actually. Yeah, and I yeah yeah of course yeah. So well, I mean, she's. <laughs> 
much more learned. <laughs> but she, I just, it was interesting to see it on the ground and realize how little these people care about about England and Europe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the guy, dry, you know, if you go to New York or, or California or whatever, people are kind of a bit more in touch. But these, these guys have amazing, happy, prosperous lives. Um, they love Morgan Wallen and they <laughs> could to not give a shit about what you're doing in London. Mm-hmm. And it is nice. It's quite chastening and important. It is nice to see people completely free of anything, any thoughts, and just being like, I love this music. I'm going to spend my money to go see it. You know, and it's just like I don't. I'm not thinking about the implications. I'm not. My kid about, doesn't need shoes for school. I'm gonna go <laughs> see. I, I I think I need the orchestra section when I see him at the O2. It, it is is. I mean, O2 is big too. I mean, that's wild. Yeah, like wild. The first gig he'd ever played in Europe, he sells out the O2, and yet you know he's barely been covered in any in any press over here. It's just this thing that. Thing that happens without anyone noticing it it's a ground swell well speaking <laughs> of the o2 arena can you explain to us maybe this would have been better uh, for a snape's question but you're all we've got now yeah <laughs> can you explain why and how recording artist pink is so big over there i have no idea <laughs> i have no idea i think it's it's like a is it a legacy thing from from the from the alts <laughs> She had like a few humongous I mean, songs she's big. and that's just carried on. You probably don't listen to a lot of Pink, but maybe just as a, you know, a British historian or a master of your culture, because <laughs> Pink is, is obviously a big person everywhere in the world, but specifically, like she would never play like a music festival in America. Like she would never play Coachella. She would never play any of these cool festivals. She just sort of has to play like she's pl- Jason. She's playing in stadiums. Yeah, she plays in stadiums. Literally, no, no, she's huge, but like literally. But over there, she's cool. She's cool over there. Uh, she will headline festivals. Uh, yeah, I okay. mean, cool, not cool, cool, cool for British. Did she pay fealty at some point? Maybe. Did she? Maybe. Did she like kiss the European ring? She at some probably point, did. Or well, she's ring? also very because that she's very big. That's a real thing in Australia, and you know, Australia and England are closely linked, as you know. Of course, yeah, basically the same place. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a, there's definitely a phenomenon of people who do. I think Stanley Tucci is like the key example of this, of like a guy mm. who's kind of mid famous, but because he has, yeah, you know, deigns to live in Barnes or wherever he lives in West London, and he's married to an English woman in England, he's now this like unimpeachable, like high celebrity. Oh, interesting. So he married a British chick and moved there. So now he's British. He's been accepted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's married to Emily Blunt's sister, who's a literary agent. <laughs> he's, he, he's married to Emily Blunt's <laughs> sister? Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Wait, Stanley Tucci is? Yeah. You guys haven't had the Tucci. This is what I'm talking about, you know? And Well, I only talk about how he's gay. I did not know that he was married. To- <laughs> I mean, everyone knows he's gay, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know I, I was more on the married to a woman thing, but you know, I guess they're not. Would he be the first actor who was gay, but married to a woman? <laughs> Come on. Don't play dumb with us, Ed. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, he was very convincing in that film with uh, Colin Firth. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Where he played the 70 year old novelist with a six pack. That's, you know, that was, <laughs> that's, that's very realistic. Yeah. I just, I just looked up pink in, in 2023, but just months ago, pink has her own festival. In the UK. She has a touring festival all over the place where Gwen Stefani, Brandy Carlisle, Pat Benatar open for her, as well as Group Love. That's Lilith Fair, baby. Like, she doesn't play festivals. She has. She is a festival. <laughs> Hyde Park. 
Yeah. You know, it's she. she's it. It's wild. She's like as big as Blackpink. As Blackpink. <laughs> pink and Blackpink are equally big. No, they're There's not. a joke in there somewhere. There's a joke in there. No somewhere. one's they're as not, big as no one, Yeah. Well, I think Blackpink's kind of over. Is that not true, Jason? Is it kind of, is it is it waning? Uh, I'm asking. We're in between album cycles. Okay. okay. <laughs> I just feel like it was inescapable. No, no. I have no idea. I have no idea. But I am a fan for our listeners. The new, the new song from Twice, <laughs> the better K-pop group musically. Um, someone was complaining about Blackpink. I saw Blackpink in, uh, no, not saw them, but they just played Hyde Park in the summer. And someone who'd been there that for that night was talking about some hammers and saying it was the most genius merchandise they'd ever seen. Hold on. Like they have... Like the to nail something into the wall? So Blackpink have a song. And with this song, there's a thing, like a move, which is that all of the crowd waves these little plastic oh, hammers shit. pink hammers oh and like, okay 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 yeah okay. it's like a light stick little hammer and it's like okay for this song everyone has to wave a hammer which means that all of the kids that are there are like okay well i can't not have a hammer yeah yeah, yeah. and the hammers and the hammer's like a hundred dollars <laughs> yeah so it, so it looks like something that a woman would pleasure herself with <laughs> right, or okay, two yeah, guys well, maybe i mean it, it looks like a sex toy and then okay yeah you like your kid will scream and slit their wrists if you don't buy them this seventy-two dollar yeah. plastic light-up thing. <laughs> the idea for this for these shows is they all light up sort of in sync to the song at the right time, and it looks like this cool kind of crowd visual thing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they use Bluetooth. You can't just get people to put their phones up and stuff. You know, <laughs> back in my day, that's that's archaic. You can't make money <laughs> off that. I mean, what's the fucking point? That's actually very cool. I love I love that. <laughs> and I think that's a I, I you know people go to shows like that ready to spend their parents money that's like what the point is so you got to milk them for all they're worth we'll get out of the Oasis reunion <laughs> yeah exactly there's, there's a website called K-pop exchange and people are making like plush hammer stick covers where you know like the little beanies or the that they have little like ears on them to make you look like a cute little bunny or something like that or like they have those but for your black pink hammer as well as a holding stand for it to keep it on your desk. It just feels violent. That's why I'm so impressed with it. You know, that, that it feels like giving kids hammers is, is the wrong signal. It's violent. Mm. It's violently expensive. Oof. I guess I didn't think about that angle. I mean, it's a bit on the nose. It's, isn't it? it is a little. <laughs> it, hit, it hit the nail on the head is what it did. Um, oh, there you go. So, Ed, <laughs> Ash Wednesday coming up. Any plans? <laughs> I know that it's better than spending... Uh, a hellish time on hellish Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'd like to hear more about this that. Is the, this is the problem with having uh, such a diverse remit, I think. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> in my in my head, I was thinking, I was like, okay, well, maybe they'll like want to talk about articles that I've written, uh, you know, a while back or whatever when we were meeting. <laughs> and then obviously the first thing that comes up is a piece that I did about. Yeah, so this is like the the collision <laughs> of. Uh, the Wait, did you write about this, Ed? Oh, it's weird, isn't it? What a coincidence. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the coincidence of Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day, I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. I thought, uh, you know, Ash Wednesday is obviously a day of traditional, like, Christian self-flagellation and restraint. Um, and Valentine's Day is a day where you, you know, go and buy a pizza shaped like a heart. And, uh, you know, I thought that maybe this would, Ash Wednesday was a good opportunity to spare your loved one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that kind of well, deal. I, I did not know that Ash Wednesday was so close to Valentine's Day. So so bravo for... Well, it moves around. ...funding the storyline. I, I just it's assumed that the there thing. were multiple Ash Wednesdays throughout the year. 
Uh, clearly, I'm not a religious person. Actually, I, <laughs> uh, I thought that was true. I thought that too, Jason, to okay. be fair. I thought Ash Wednesday happened like four times a year. Sick. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, I only know when it's Ash Wednesday when Mark Wahlberg <laughs> Ash posts on me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of you. Sunday school going on. <laughs> no, 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 I, no, no. I, no. I, um, I meant to ask you guys about how you'd found Graydon Carter, who's another friend we have in common. How we found him? Uh, I mean, he's the greatest. <laughs> he's a fucking knob. Just kidding. Chris loves him. Uh, yeah, I loved I, making fun of him, and he loved making fun of me. But we, we, him and I do not do not get along. Because you had him, you had him on just after I I met him. Yes, yeah. He, I mean, look, he's the only guy that can make a make anything good. Any, I mean, it's crazy. Like it's it's Vanity Fair needs him. We all need him. And Airmail is going to sell for fifty million to the roofers. And it's gonna be right. it's gonna be good for everybody, you know. It's gonna be good for to everybody. the builders, to the builders, yeah. The, the, builder, <laughs> the, builders. the, the builders are buying. I'll, I'll buy your dinky little newspaper. <laughs> Let me guess, what restaurant I should go to? Oh, the Waverly Inn. I'll check it yeah, out. It's, it's the the builder guys buying everything is very cool. Like it's very interesting. It's it's funny that that rich people want magazines and publications as they're like play things i i just find it like there's no real path to profitability often but they still want to pump money into it and i just it, it's it's like the new restaurant as like a vanity project but it just costs a lot more mm -hmm. money i i think like i think that's kind of always been the case i mean aside from a, a couple of windows and you know graden and anna and tina's you know time at conde was was one of them you know, magazines and newspapers have not been like the great businesses, mm -hmm. but they're, you know, they're fun and they give you influence. And there was just this boom just before the internet, you know, where they didn't have budgets and things. But on, I mean, yeah, it's great news. I think anyone who wants to buy a magazine. They used to be able to get you laid. Yeah. <laughs> or being a journalist. I think all these builders are buying up newspapers and newsletters now only because they can't remember their digital wallet password they want to be buying crypto but they just forgot their login <laughs> what do you reckon is that is the airmail special source though what do you think why does it work i agree with you i think it's great because of because of graden that's because it's that, i mean that's the whole thing i mean you can if you look at vanity fair now it's not very good and that's because he's not there mm. you know it's it's that's just what it is i mean i think that there's there people don't like this because it's it, it doesn't feel fair but there are people that really do have like a singular vision. And if they do something that they put their mind to, it's better than everybody else's. And people just don't like that. People want it to be like a democratic team mm -hmm. effort. You know, people don't like the idea of someone kind of sitting at the top and making the decisions and touching everything that comes out. It, I, I, that's, that's, my, that's why scaling is a fool's errand. I agree with you, Chris. That's a, that's a wise insight, and I like that. And that's why I hope to never have an employee for how long gone. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, I mean, I, I just don't like... They're not going to like my yeah, ideas, and then they're going to get me canceled. I mean, when you read but when you read about him, and or even, I mean, a lot of people in these positions, less so now, but, you know, it's like they literally look at everything, you know, which seems insane, but that's why something is good is because there's attention paid mm -hmm. to detail that other people might overlook and that's what makes the big difference and i just think most people are either lazy or, or don't mm. want to do that because it's obviously it's hard i, th you know? I think um yeah i remember I, I spoke to anna last year and she said that she still read every word that they physically printed which is obviously like diminishing but not yeah online. she's like well not the pitchfork stuff but you know i didn't check out the tame impala review <laughs> that wasn't for me <laughs> She's not a big, a big optimist, Anna. But I think you know that. I mean, it it's, it speaks to this thing, doesn't it? Where everyone, where you want to be, 
you want to be part of like a little gang, right? You want to be part of yeah. Brayden's gang or Anna's gang. Mm-hmm. Or- well, unfortunately, unfortunately, less so it's, it's now. Va- it's validating. Unfortunately, less so now because young people don't get it and don't understand that you can like actually learn from someone who's older. They're not just a boomer. You know, they don't that like doesn't process. I mean, I'm sure there's still a generation that will fetishize all that stuff because it's that's what we do. We always look, you know, back and and then decide that is cool as kids. So, mm. I mean, it's it's dwindling though. I think like the the desire to to do that. Well, oh, I just I'll just got a Substack. I don't need this. You know, to be part of a little gang. Well, to be part of to be part of something bigger than yourself is seems like it's less attractive than it ever has been. Mm-hmm. The desire to work for yourself and be your own boss and be a brand is more important now than security. Is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. I think mm-hmm. as a as an overall with a certain like demographic. I think it's like I'm never gonna be able to buy a house anyway. I eat avocado toast every day. <laughs> Fuck it. You know, it's kind of the <laughs> it's kind of the vibe. And, and well, it's, I can still be a brand. Yeah, but I can be a brand. I mean, there was a great, uh, I think it was Vox. This the, uh, Rebecca Jennings, I, I believe, is the writer's name. She's doing a really good job. It's cool. But she wrote a story about how, like, no matter what now, you just have to be a brand, you know? And I remember mm-hmm. that in, in the early days of, like, Instagram and influencing, you know, if you were a writer at, you know, a magazine, like, a, a especially women's magazine, it was kind of, like, it, it was understood that you would make an effort. To, to you know on social media like you couldn't just write your stories mm-hmm. and do your job you kind of it was kind of like politely politely you were politely nudged to, to participate and i think that is i mean overall that's bad we 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 don't need everyone to be posting on instagram if their job is to write stories it makes you less fireable i think yeah it does yeah well in a, in a competitive environment if the difference if, if two people are doing totally, the, totally. a similar job one of them is hot and has 1.7 on Instagram. Then guess who the job's going to? You know? No, no, of course. I, I, and I know that's that's how the world works, and I'm accepting of that. I just don't know if that's the best for for us as a society. I, I, I don't yeah, know for sure. I don't know if that's. I mean, look, I love judging people based on their appearance. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I, but I think there is something to be said about being good at your job and kind of wanting to just do your job and not be chained to your phone all fucking day but what if you're good at podcasting and also like for a podcaster not bad to look at you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) sure sure no relatively all things considered you know what i mean yeah i think that i think that if you're obviously if if you're able to exploit your looks for financial gain you should i think that's what this country is built on but i'm saying <laughs> and you guys are doing a great job yeah. thank you thank you there are people though who are i do great need at, to be posting more reels if i can be honest if, but, yeah, i mean thank, thank you. you for coming clean thank you for coming clean. well well speaking of of uh of selling out and exploiting <laughs> um do you where, where, where do you land on sort of being a a writer or a critic of something, maybe a restaurant, for example, and accepting gifts in exchange for favorable words. Are you? Can you be bought? How? Uh, Absolutely, yeah. How much integrity do you have? Okay, good, good answer. <laughs> I think. Well, I mean, my big thing, I, uh, you know, is I just think that there's this whole network of nonsense uh goes on all the time around restaurants and pr and media i don't know if it's quite as bad my sense is it's a bit less bad in the states um i remember i was <laughs> i was a year this is years and years ago i went to like is it the library bar at the nomad or something yes 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 and yes. i i went <laughs> i went there i was i was booked in there and approached it like 
you know, like an English journalist approaches being booked in, which is like, I took three friends and we like drank for two hours. Uh, I left like $10 tip and walked out. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Legend. And, you know, I was like, okay, thank you. This is, this is a good experience. Um, you know, I'll be sure to write it up in the, in the Telegraph someday. <laughs> and then I saw the guy who'd been like the maitre d' about <laughs> like six years later. And his first line was, you owe me $400. <laughs> and, whoa, uh, <laughs> whoa. And I was like, oh shit, sorry. I didn't really appreciate that. But, you know, there's this whole, like restaurant critics is one thing. And that's a very visible you know that's a very visible part of uh food writing you know the most visible but they're all very grand about it now they're like well i would never take a i would never take a freebie i would but i feel like they've always been grand about it though they've they've worked in secrecy and you know there's this code of ethics blah 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 and yeah and booking anonymously and I'm, i'm wondering personally as i'm starting to do it more like are these rules that anyone cares about being abided by anymore not for you <laughs> that's what i'm saying the rules only apply i mean nobody's to, giving me a budget to buy this food anyway so no but no one the care, rules but. only apply to people who who choose to 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 live that way kind of you know what i'm saying and like you're like no one expects yeah. that from mm-hmm. jason nobody expects integrity from jason i i don't i don't even mean that i don't even mean that i just like i, I just mean like if you want to be held to that standard, your life is going to be harder and you're not going to be able to have the same tone that you have, maybe, mm, mm, is, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I just yeah, think yeah, if yeah. you're open, you know, I don't, you know, you see these influencers and they've, they're, and they're posting and like every time there's an ad, you know, it's like hashtag ad, hashtag ad, hashtag ad, hashtag ad. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't care. I don't care. I know what your life is like. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's need this all the time. I'm, under no impression that you've scrimped and scraved to go to this, uh, you know, eco resort in the Seychelles in business class. Uh, I don't care. I just want to look at the nice pictures of you having a nice time and like eating out of a coconut or whatever. Yeah, I mean that's that's the problem. That's legally legally you have to do that. I mean, it's, it's literally no. go, at least here it's government mandate. I want to see is, if you decided to tie the top of your bathing suit in the sideways way or just regular. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm here for. I'm not, really, you know, I'm not very fast. Who's getting the Who's getting the points on it at the end? I just think, uh, okay, well, there's an advertising regulation. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, it's an. But I think that I think that everybody. I mean, I think that that style of of right. I don't know if anybody. Like, I don't know if we need the anonymous. Like, I I wonder how much it matters and how much it actually, how much like that kind of review can really change a restaurant's business for for better or worse. Yeah, at this point, knows. yeah. You know, and I think it's like, you know, the hype machine in, in restaurants in London is, is so out of control. Yeah. You know, it's become very counterproductive. You know, the, the latest place is this, this pub, the Devonshire, right, which I guess you might have seen like posted everywhere. It's, I mean, it's a great pub. It's like, it's combo of like Guinness fetish. You know, the, <laughs> they sell 20,000 pints of Guinness a week or something. Wow. And it's just become this thing where everyone has to be there. And as a result, has become... Uh, you know, quite an unpleasant place to drink in. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's it's strictly it's strictly a pub. Are they offering a a kind of well considered pub menu as yeah, well? Yeah, a well considered pub menu. And if you want okay. a table, you've got to be you know online at like nine oh one at exactly the right day. So it's been it's been fucked out, as they say. It's good. It's just a steakhouse, you know. So you'd be so much. Most people would be so much better off just just going to another. It's you know it's good. This is no shade on what it's offering, but it's just that the effect of 
mm-hmm. effect of that mass hysteria is to ruin the experience. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I that's that's many restaurants. I mean, I like to go to a place when it's new and buzzing, obviously, to check out the hotties and get the vibes. But <laughs> at a certain at a certain point, I mean, I think everything gets ruined. I mean, you know, it's like all the all the restaurants that celebrities go to in New York are you can't. I mean, it's impossible. Like going to Via Carota is insane. Like you can't actually go there anymore because Taylor right. Swift went there once. You can't do anything. <laughs> well, I, I talked about this in the in the the horses piece. Like a restaurant like this, like this this Devonshire pub, they need one of the owners, the employees or something to have a scandal or a cancellation, and that will reduce the amount of traffic by thirty to forty percent, making it inhabitable and pleasant to attend again yeah and then it can go back to normal because i'm sure they don't like the fact that their restaurant has become a fucking tourist attraction you know twenty thousand. it's yeah. not fun you're making money but you're like killing yourself and it's no it's, you're not offering the product that you want to offer i think this is a good lesson generally right like everything needs to be canceled once in a while yeah um every person everything you just need to spend a bit of time in the cleansing fire <laughs> Trim in the garden. Cleansing the <laughs> what is the what is the deal? Can you can you do a quick explainer before we go about strakers? <laughs> yeah. Because I swear to God, I've heard so much about this, and then it's like in the Daily Mail. <laughs> so I'm like, is this hot chef really that diabolically bad, or is it just like because he's rich? He just doesn't care. I don't think. Well, and can you explain this situation for our people who don't know what you're talking Thomas about? Thomas Straker is this. Um, he's this like kind of you know handsome you know, vaguely posh chef mm-hmm. who got, had a really big lockdown doing like <laughs> cooking videos. He smashed it during you know, lockdown. Very hypey, <laughs> like making videos of butter and stuff. And then finally opened a physical restaurant. Uh, but he posted this picture. I'm getting the details wrong, but he posted this picture like of him, of his staff. And they were just like all white dudes. And he was like, well, check out my great team. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. everyone was like, well, this is just white dudes. <laughs> and he replied just being like uh kind of being like oh pfft. like i don't care <laughs> and he famously said white people are the best chefs and then he got in trouble after that no i just said i don't think he, i don't think he was just i honestly just don't think he was thinking about that stuff very much yeah, yeah. you know but i mean it was funny because it was an unforced error right these i mean i find funny <laughs> when these things happen to people where there's like you know sometimes sometimes you do stuff or whatever like things happen but sometimes these guys just come like no one was asking him how diverse his kitchen was. Right. He just decided to post a photo. To open up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. That was fatal. Like, why? Why do that? I, 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 I rung up all of my closest friends who are the best chefs, and they just happened to all be white. Just That's just the way it worked out. He was. He didn't do it on purpose. It just happened. But also, that in itself could be considered an issue. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, yeah, he's just like an old-fashioned. He seems to me. I'm, I'm kind of into it. He's like an old-fashioned chef who wants to make money and doesn't care. Yeah, and he just you know serves fish, fish absolutely drenched in butter, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he's making a killing. And I'm sure that restaurant will be full for years and years and years. Okay, and his butter will be in the supermarket. Because I thought and, he was, uh, I thought he was like canceled, and then he was on the cover of Arena Own Plus, like skateboarding on the on the pass. And I was like, <laughs> what, damn, was I guess this guy's good to go then. <laughs> okay, so he's <laughs> like, okay. He, that is he, so he's yeah, basically the, the Shane like Gillis special. of British cooking. <laughs> He got canceled and became more famous. How is the food? Yeah, there's no there's no palace deals yet for canceled uh, food writers. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know when, when when's that when's that coming. That's what I want to know. I'll let you know. It's neck and neck. Who's gonna get there? I want to see this <laughs> supreme Mario Batali. I've heard is coming down the pipe. So I'm waiting no for that. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs>
<laughs> I wanted to believe. I know. I understand. Do do I show up wearing an orange croc? <laughs> friend of uh, Splash Out. Friend of your show is Sam Hine. Yes. Mm-hmm. I had this moment the other day, sort of thinking about clothes, where I, um, I'm doing this piece about Jonathan Anderson. Mm-hmm. So I'm interviewing Jonathan Anderson, and so they sent me to they sent me to Lueve in Paris, which is uh, not my natural environment. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> the atelier is not for you normally, but this time, okay, okay. and I had to go to this show, and I was like, obviously, oh, okay, there's going to be you know photographers there, and I realized that I was just like, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not a fashion guy. I don't, I don't have the right clothes. I don't do the thing. It's fine. So I just was like, okay, I'm just going to dress like journalist smart. Like I put on a little jumper and a tie. And I'm, <laughs> like, I'm going to be invisible in this place. Uh-huh. And I was going so well, you know, I, I dodged all of the street style people. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, deathly silent. I was like, I'm going to be in and out here. Frictionless past the street style photographers as well. No you're problem. Saying. Okay. And I sashayed past like, all the weird handsome male celebrities that he he'd assembled there okay. like it was like jamie dornan yes yes it was a murderer's row and then i was <laughs> and so i was like okay i'm gonna get away with this you know i'm not gonna no one's gonna see me i'm not gonna be you know i'm not gonna get in any trouble i'm not gonna be cast in the new dior ad i'm i'm home free in and out and then i sit down and look up and just see that um sam hein is like opposite me but like raised a bit <laughs> And so I'm like, oh, these, I'm going to be in the back of a lot of these people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was. Uh, and I had, <laughs> so yeah, within about 10 minutes, I had these messages. I think Raven was like, uh, you look like you've come out of a time machine. <laughs> someone else said I look like a clock that had been reanimated. Uh, so you you went into it assuming I'm gonna wear they they call them in the production world like stage blacks right yeah, I'm, I'm gonna dress them. as as inconspicuous as possible I'm they're gonna take a look at me and not say or think anything yeah and then now people are using these amazing texts and tweets to describe how odd you look well how invisible you know what's invisible exactly yeah like maybe all in black would have been better like a guy in a puppet show or something yes exactly you know, or a magician's assistant <laughs> but then i feel like all in, <laughs> all, in, all in black is tough too i thought i'd gone for like pure neutral but then uh mm. you know charlie baker the, who, who edits the fence was like um you're serving latin teacher <laughs> yeah i mean I, I get called when i wear a tie with jeans and a blazer i'm often like he thinks he's pulling off this substitute teacher, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I've never, I don't, no substitute teacher ever wore uh, <laughs> jeans and a Charvet tie. Fuck yourself, okay? Yeah. Okay? okay? I was just dressed as a substitute teacher. But, it, you know, it's impossible. Yeah, it's, it's like a good look. In, invisibility is is impossible. I don't know how you would go about that in the Lueve context. Well, I'll say I'll tell it. Don't ask your seat to be moved away from San Juan. The man <laughs> made mm-hmm. made to wear clothes. You know, it's a, no he's one. A, he's a win. vortex. You're gonna get sucked in. All right, Ed. Thank you <laughs> for thank joining you us. It was a pleasure. <laughs> on how long gone? It was a blast, and uh, we can read you at the Telegraph, f- the Fence, anywhere else. We should be checking. Uh, yeah, little. Uh, no, that's those are the big ones. Big okay. Ones. Okay. I'll, like I'll see you next time. There's a natural disaster in California, and you're. Yeah, we're gonna get this. <laughs> really appreciate it. We'll see you soon, man. Okay, amazing. Thanks a lot, guys. I was fun.